Well, St. Dee's, um, everyone who was involved, all those um, kind words, um, all of you who um, I've known and journeyed with, had the, the privilege to, um, to help lead with Tim and um, Laura and Connor, Hannah, the other guys who've been on the staff team over the past three years. Um, thank you. It's been such a privilege to, um, to just be part of this community, this family. And um, I'm so excited for what's next. Um, if you're still uh, sort of wondering where on earth is Lydia going, um, I'm heading to Nottingham to join some friends um, with a sort of network church called Waven um, and to plant to a church called St Leo de Garius, which is um, an even more obscure saint than St Dinus. Um, and I'm really, really excited. Um, I felt a call to church planting for years and years and years. But equally, um, it comes with some um, elements that are bittersweet. Um, I'm going to miss you all dreadfully. Um, kind of find myself feeling, I guess, a bit like the Apostle Paul, um, who regularly had to uh, leave um, groups of friends, leave churches, um, in kind of obscure or slightly odd circumstances and go and plant the next church. So it is with um, both joy and sadness that I head on um, to my next adventure but just with huge thanks and huge love for um, each and every one of you and the part that you've played in making this um, just a brilliant curacy and a brilliant three years. Um, I'm sure we're going to stay in touch. Um, do look me up if you find yourself in Nottingham um, and do check out the kind of wider project that I'm getting involved in. Um, you can just google um, wearewoven.church and you'll find us there. Um, I'd love to, to hear from you. We're going to head now um, into scripture and into my final sermon, which I never thought I'd, um, I'd do online with you guys, but I'm sure, hopefully, um, one day, maybe soon, um, I'll be able to come visit or something preached you in the flesh again. But if you've, um, if you've got a Bible, please do take hold of one. And we're going to be looking just at a few verses in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, this morning. And as I prayed um, and just sat with the Lord and um, asked him what he might have for us today, what my, I guess, kind of concluding remarks might be, um, I felt a real call to a simple message around community and unity and family. And so as we turn to um, the book, the letter to the Ephesians that Paul wrote in about kind of 50 AD, just a few years after Jesus' ministry and his death and his resurrection, after Paul's um, conversion, as he's writing to this church, he tells us what true family is about, what true unity is about, what community is all about. So let's look at these nuggets now. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through to 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
Amen. Amen to that. Let's pray and then we'll dig out a few nuggets from this. And Father, we thank you. You're so, so good. We thank you that you call us into life, an abundant life with you. And as we look at these words of Paul now, will you call us deeper into your heart and deeper into each other, understanding in a new way what community, what family, what unity looks like. And all for your glory. Amen. Amen. Um, as we look at these verses, I wonder if you spotted the way that Paul um, consistently kind of uses a uses, uh, freeze, uses freeze. Um, if we look at verse 2, he talks about humility and gentleness, along with patience, and along with bearing with one another in love. If we jump down to verse 4, we see another three, one body. One spirit, one hope. And then we look at verse 5. We've got one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then he concludes with one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Over all and through all and in all. And what's Paul subtly getting at there? Well, what he's subtly doing is he's calling us to the nature of God and actually the nature of ourselves. How God is perfect community, perfect trinity, perfectly relational. As Matt and Hannah were teasing out last week, brilliant sermons last week, do listen to them if you haven't had a chance already. And how we, made in God's image, are called to that community reality, that kind of free reality, that Trinitarian reality. It wouldn't be uh, my final sermon if I didn't have these guys with me. And so we know that God is Father, and he's Son, and he's Holy Spirit. Perfectly relational, perfectly Trinitarian. And then we know that God has made us human beings in his image. And just as God is perfect community, perfectly relational, perfectly Trinitarian. So because we're made in his image, we are called to community, to relationship, to unity. And so... And we start by having a relationship with God. And then we have, we're called to have a relationship with each other, with other people, with humanity as a whole, with individuals, with the church body. And so the relationships that we're called to have a Trinitarian reality. First, it's our relationship with God. Secondly, it's our relationship with another person. And thirdly, it's a reciprocal reality of their relationship back to us. And so we find ourselves in this Trinitarian reality.
called to community, called to relationship, called to family. Or as um, one theologian that I recently heard put it, God is a family making families. God is a family making families. This family makes loads and loads of families, a multitude of people called into community and relationship with each other for their flourishing and the flourishing of the world. And of course, families take all sorts of forms. We can see that in scripture. Actually, as we read the pages of scripture, in the Old Testament, it was a tribal system, the 12 tribes of Israel. And those tribes had biological families in them and they had friendships, they had kind of work relationships, all the myriad of human social existence was caught up in those tribes. And then as we move to the New Testament, we see that there's one tribe actually, it's the church. The church. And the church is full of different relationships and different families. It's one family of the church and then it's a multitude of families, young and old, slave and free, rich and poor, men and women. And so throughout the New Testament, actually people write to each other and they speak of being brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in the faith. And in the relationship we have with God is outworked as we're called sons and daughters, as we're adopted in. And so that threefold relationship occurs. We our sons and daughters of God in relationship with him. And then we have brothers and sisters. We offer a relationship, we receive relationship. God is a family making families. And so Paul here in chapter four of his letter to the Ephesians is crying out for unity in the body. He's calling us to gentleness and humbleness and patience to be turned outwards for the other, to work out what perfect community looks like, to work out what good relationship is, to understand family in its broadest sense. And I don't know how you've been finding um, the past few months um, has been highs and lows in my life, that is for sure. But actually one thing that has held me really secure is firstly that relationship with God, primarily that my relationship with God as bedrock. But then my families, the relationship I offer to others and the relationship that I receive from them. And I'm blessed, I guess, to have a myriad of families in a way. Um, I've got my kind of like, I guess, nuclear, uh, biological family with all the extensions of my um, brothers-in-law and things. Um, my parents and my three sisters, two brothers-in-law, 
let me think, three nephews and one niece who I've yet to meet. Um, hopefully I'll be able to meet her soon. Um, and we, we have a great time over, um, over Zoom on a Saturday afternoon. It's not without its perils. My dad tends to rather extend himself, or overextend himself technologically. Um, recently he decided that he could share screen. And then we were stuck on his share screen for 10 solid minutes with a sort of telegraph um, monologue or something. Um, with my sisters being like, Dad, just work it out, come on already. <laughs> um, but I love them. And they're, they're my family. But then I've got my family's my friends who've held me firm in this time and I hope I've been able to, to hold them firm too. Um, I think of Laura and Laura, Laura Brimacombe, Laura Hicks, um, who are my prayer partners, a prayer triplet here at St Dee's and they've been such a blessing to me over this time. Um, I think of my other prayer triplet um, which is two of my girlfriends, uh, one from um, school and one from university. Um, and we've just been praying together over this season and um, supporting one another. The families, the friendships, the relationships that I've had in God have held me firm during this time and I hope will continue to hold me firm in the weeks and months to come. God is a family, making families. And so why is this all so important right now? Well, it's because right now we find ourselves in a very odd point in history. Points that um, people have come to before and there have been pandemics before. But we are working out what is unique to us right now through technology, how that connects us, but sometimes how that's a struggle. What it looks like as we begin to walk out of this lockdown, come through this pandemic. We will. We hope and pray it will be soon. And this truth of community and relationality and family in all its myriad of forms is so important right now because actually what the devil does is he always tempts us to isolation he always tempts us to kind of pull up the drawbridge and protect our own and God is saying no no no, no. look out look out look out to humanity call them others into family, exist for the other, be patient, be gentle, be strong, be firm in the faith. And as we walk this out, continue to walk it out in coming weeks and months, it's hard. And there'll be part of us that is like, I cannot wait to see people. I cannot wait to physically engage with community again. It's been such a joy, hasn't it, to see a few people over the past few weeks. I've loved it. But equally, I found in my heart, at least, a kind of protectionism. They're like, oh, I'm just going to be a little bit careful. Oh, I'm not sure about that. And we need to be honouring to all that has been asked of us by the government. We need to be confident and careful, 
but equally we need to work and walk our bold and radical community and work out what that looks like week by week and month by month as things change and figure out continue to figure out i'm sure lots of you are doing a lot better than me how to be community-minded for others to prayerfully figure out who might we invite into our six people outside who might we pick up the telephone to who haven't we spoken to for a while who might be lonely and love to hear from us not to exhaust ourselves but to step into the reality of family of the fact that we flourish with other people that we're made for a relationship that there is a difference between godly solitude and isolationism now we're called to step out and we find life in all its fullness in doing that and so how how do we exist for the other when it's costly especially in a time like this well the nugget is right here in verse 3 and it's the spirit it's the spirit make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace it's the spirit of the living God a Holy Spirit who dwells in each and every one of you, who strengthens you and makes you better than you ever could be in your own flesh, who conforms you into the likeness of Jesus Christ, who assures you of your salvation, who holds on to you, who powers and propels you forward for the glory of God. And it's the Spirit that enables us to come out of any isolationism, and to love and exist for other people, not just ourselves. It's a spirit that gives us peace, the bond of peace. It's a spirit that gives us gentleness and humility. It's a spirit that holds us firm. And so I believe that what God is whispering, shouting to us right now through the power of the spirit, and in Jesus Christ, and for the glory of the Father, is to know the truth that there is one hope, one baptism, one faith, one Lord, one Father God, over him through it all. And that that truth is about other people. It's about drawing people into a relationship with God. It's about helping others flourish. It's about community. It's about being confident in the families and the friendships and the relationships that God has put around you. And it's about boldly spotting those who need to be called into family. Because God is a family making families. He again and again draws people. And in the power of the Spirit, we can do that. You just need to ask. Ask him for boldness. Ask him for courage. Ask him to pinpoint to you, just in your mind's eye, in your heart, 
actually who he's asking you to reach out to. Ask him to open your eyes again to spot where someone might need you and to keep doing that and keep doing that as things change in times to come and to know that in him you have all strength, all wisdom, all courage. That his burden is easy and his yoke is light and he's got you. And that we as a church are a prophetic body. We can show to this world that there is a better way, that there is no fear and love, that is never too costly, and that relationship, community, family is worth it. And so St. Dees, that's my prayer for you this morning and in the times to come, that you would know that God is family and he is a family making families and he is calling you into that reality that you are his hands and his feet and he asks and invites you to pick others up and draw them in and that by the unity of the spirit and the power of the spirit he will give you all that you need one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. A family, making families. Amen, amen. And so let's pray this morning. Where you are, why don't you just have a little stretch? Come into a posture, whatever that might be, where you're just saying to the Lord, I receive you. And if it's helpful, just close your eyes. And I'm going to pray for two things this morning. For those of us who may feel lonely and isolated and unsure, that we would know the security of God's family. And for those of us who maybe feel a little overwhelmed at this time, who are saying yes, yes, yes to this, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm maxed out. How do I stretch my hands out to another? We're going to pray that God gives courage and blessing and endurance and new scope, fresh scope to you if you're maxed out. And we're going to pray that you know the love and anchor of the Father and of other people if you're feeling lonely and confused right now. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus and you sent your Spirit who dwells in us, who anchors us and shores us up on every side. And so we pray this morning for those of us who feel lonely and uncertain would you fill us with hope a security that we are in your family and we are never alone but also a real practical reality today 
that's been able to, to meet physically. Just come, Holy Spirit. We bind any loneliness in the name of Jesus. And we pray for those of us who feel maxed out, who are just tired, and who want to do this, who want to exist for the other, who want to stretch our hands out. But we're like, how? How? Will you enlarge the place of our tent? Would you give us courage and wisdom? Would you strengthen us in our innermost being? And would you nudge us by the power of your spirit as to who to call into family in a new way? Just come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. <laughs>